The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Our program today is titled Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World. And we are blessed to have in our studio today a young man, Joseph Angelus, and we invited a young person here, partly because Terry and I are, well, we're, we're at the other end of that spectrum. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, we're, a multiple, <laughs> we're a multiple of that. We are, yeah, we're definitely a multiple of that. <laughs> but we thought, you know, that um, in this world today, in this material world, um, the young are probably um, more challenged than we are. I think so. And I know that's a generality to a point because I think we all can attest to being challenged from time to time if we do espouse a spiritual practice and belief. But nonetheless, we felt that we would listen to the voice of youth and uh, help us perhaps understand how difficult it is and ways to um, weave ourselves through the labyrinth of the material world. So let me give you a little bit of background on Joseph here. He's been gracious enough to give me a bio. And uh, it says, Joseph Angelus has been a student of the teachings of the Ascended Masters for the duration of his life, which means he was studying them before he even knew what they were. Probably. As in the, a, as in the womb, maybe. He was raised in a family yep. by God's grace who was in the teachings. And that's always a great blessing and a great benefit. Um, he's uh, spent his um, childhood and formative years in western United States, California, Montana, Washington, before spending a decade going to school and working out on the East Coast. And he received a, a BS in public policy from Cornell and an MA in international business and international monetary policy from Tufts University in Boston. So I would go on, but that's a pretty good bio to begin with. And uh, anyway, Joseph, welcome. Thanks for being part of our show. Thanks, Tom. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, one of the things that we were talking about before we started the show, um, and this is, I think, one of the key points to jump off on, has to do with the speed with which this world goes by, you know, this, this digital age, information age. And I was recalling, and I'm sure Terry will relate to this, that we grew up in the uh, Sputnik hula hoop transistor radio <laughs> generation. You know, most people listening probably don't even know what some of those things are. Before Xerox machines. Oh, my gosh. Way before. Before 8-track tapes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, as I was telling Joseph ahead of time, that we lived at a time when uh, generations of technology were widely spaced. It was a very slow curve, a slow wave. 
Nowadays, we have multiple overlapping generations of technology. So the degree to which we may have been challenged by our transistor radios and our hula hoops is nothing compared with what you face today, is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think my generation, the millennials, uh, you know, in our, in our 20s and 30s, I think we kind of take for granted the, the speed and scale at which change is happening in the yep. world right now. Uh, I mean, you look at you know, the internet, email, you have Amazon, which is transforming the world, world of retail and shopping. Oh, right. Facebook and email are transforming the way people communicate. And that's all second nature to my generation these days, but I imagine it's a very big difference well, um, from what you guys went through. Well, I think that we saw what was coming and we didn't understand it. We had no basis or context <laughs> for really appreciating what it was that we were being handed. Uh, in the 80s, I remember getting my first computer. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that it tripled my, as a writer, it tripled my outcome, my output right. overnight. Right. I mean, suddenly I could press a button and move things around. Whereas before I was using whiteout, you know, and all that stuff. So, I mean, it was pretty amazing for me to go, woo, I like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I knew it, I couldn't set the clock on my VCR. Right. You know, so right. flashing 12. <laughs> it still does. <laughs> huh. Anyway, so I, I, I throw that to you because, as you said, it's second nature. Yeah. You don't, you don't even think twice about it. You're hardwired to understand it. You come in with this awareness that, oh, yeah, I can master this technology. Is That's there anything right. that baffles you right now? I mean, I, I think <laughs> it's really just our generation expects new things to come out all the time. We yeah. expect people learning new things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, as this relates to spirituality, I, I think it's, it's really interesting because uh, until I was you know, pre- preparing for this radio show, I hadn't thought about it, but... This, you know, the information age is dramatically different. It hasn't just trans- transformed retail and communication <laughs> and, you know, military and politics and everything. It's, it's transformed the way people are finding their spiritual path. You know, it's no longer one village that you grow up in with maybe two churches or maybe a big city with, you know, one yeah. or two religions. We're now in an age where we are one world. We have multiple religious and spiritual traditions to be exposed to and to pick from. Mm-hmm. And that can create some advantages and disadvantages. Well, I, you're familiar with the term SBNR, spiritual uh, but not religious? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's partly what you may be alluding to is that the, the church as a destination for spirituality is, has been declining for some time. And now where do people go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when your mom puts your your dinner plate on the table, you eat it, right? <laughs> yeah. When you go to a, to the biggest buffet in America and there's 800 food selections, how do you decide what you want to eat? They all oh. look good. <laughs> well, and, and I think that perhaps modern spirituality is somewhat of a smorgasbord. It sure is. How do you yeah. pick? How do you choose? You know, you want to you tackle that one? <laughs> oh, man. That, that's a big one. That's, that's definitely a big one. I, I, I would say, uh, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be able to tell an individual what to choose themselves, mm-hmm. but I think it's really... Um, interesting to look at what what the information age has done to religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the spiritual but not religious um, type is largely a product of being exposed to so many new traditions and realizing there are so many different um, avenues with which to find the truth in the world. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's really, I think democracy of, of ideas is really challenging the dogmas and religions that have been around for a couple thousand years. Well, I mean, you know, you think about uh, Google, you know, you, you just Google something. You just <laughs> type in the question, you know, yeah. tell me about Taoism, for instance, and boom, there everything about Taoism is right there in there front you of go. you. Yeah. So you can become enlightened. You don't have to crack an encyclopedia. You don't have to. I just type in a word. If I don't even go to the dictionary anymore, I just type in the word, and it comes up with uh, the way it's spelled. Yeah, yeah, for most people, dictionaries have become doorstops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. So that's just an example of how quick everything is happening. Well, how do you practice? Uh, if, if you don't mind, I don't mean to make this too personal, but how do you practice your spirituality 
in any way that is evident to other people. You know, when you're walking through this material world, this smorgasbord, and you are practicing daily something, what does that look like? How does it feel? I mean, do people notice? Um, I, I guess <laughs> I believe that, you know, your, your spiritual practice in, in large part is kind of your, your own private practice. You, you know, you do it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you know, your prayer, your meditation, um, in our religion, decrees, which are a very dynamic form of, of prayer mm-hmm. and visualization. Um, I think in everyday life, it, it's really your inter- your interactions. It's it's who you are. It's um, um, mm-hmm. there was a there's a quote I brought in here from Khalil Gibran, the Lebanese author of that sure. famous book, The, the Prophet. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Your daily life is your temple and your religion." So you know the way the way you live is is how people see you, and and they oftentimes they'll judge your religion based on who you are, not. Mm-hmm. The other way around, yeah, um, and and they'll seek out who, who you are and what your background is based upon right. your vibration and how you uh, interact with people. You know, one of the reasons why I'd asked Joseph to be here today was that, um, and I don't remember how many years this goes back—maybe five, six years—you were invited to speak to the congregation here during one of the um, conferences, and the topic that you had tackled, which I applaud you for, was. How do you answer the question, what are the teachings all about? I'm not sure that's exactly the words that were used, mm-hmm. but you basically were, were giving people an idea of how you can witness, if you will, to the teachings that you espouse. Because a lot of times people will see your light. They'll see your vibration. They'll feel it. And they'll say to themselves, I want some of what he has, whatever that is or what she has. We, we, and we notice that in the teachings a lot of times that people do carry this aura about them of their practice, whether they are physically doing anything or not. It's just simply there. Right. You, you have that, Joseph. And um, so I'm sure there are people who are wondering what you do. You know, what is it you're taking? You know, <laughs> what's the supplement? <laughs> what's your secret? So uh, I keep kind of coming back to that because yeah. I think in part a lot of us face that reality of how do we define, how do we encapsulate, how do we – capture lightning in a bottle, basically, and, and share with people what it is that is at the core of what we believe and what we do. Right. And, and I guess to that point, I think that's really what the mission was of the great spiritual teachers of old, you know, from Amen. all the world's <laughs> religions. And, you know, when, you know, I, I've had to go through my own periods of questioning, you know, what do I believe? What do I practice? Just mm-hmm. like everybody has. And what I keep coming back to and that I think this information is leading, this information age is leading the world to is the fact that a lot of these spiritual teachers were going in the same direction. People like Jesus, Gautama Buddha, um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the, these other, you know, prophets from the, the past spiritual traditions, they weren't meant to be worshipped as gods. They were Great meant to point. be teachers and examples of what each of us can be, and they were trying to show people the way of how we get there. Well, and it's an unfortunate reality that we do tend to put our heroes on pedestals. Mm -hmm. And these great spiritual beings were unfortunately put on pedestals and made to be exceptions. And as you said very well, they're meant to be the rule, Mm -hmm. not the exception. So here we are with the Ascend to Master teachings. Here's a whole bunch of them that are the rule. Right. You know, and I, I mean, I think I love that about it more than anything. And you also alluded to the fact that the seeds in the major religions all carried truth. Uh, perhaps they were a bit perverted over time. Perhaps it's not perhaps <laughs> they were perverted, but ultimately the purity of the core teachings are available to us today, which I think is what draws many people to the ascended master teachings. Right, it's the purity at the core right. that is shared 
with you know all these other traditions. Yeah, and, and I think that's what people are looking for when they're saying they're spiritual, not religious. Mm-hmm. When you look at the you know the growth of meditation in the world right now in, in, in all religions, they're going back to what these religions were founded upon. You know, whether it, it's conscious or unconscious, the world is going there, and I, I believe the world's being transformed um, for the better as a result. Boy, you know, I, I agree with you, and I know there's a part of me that says, yeah, but you look at the paper, you read the you know, reports, you look at the sure. the bad news, it's easy to be overcome, overwhelmed with what seems to be negative, but maybe you could speak again to that point that there's many reasons and good reasons to be positive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being, you know, being a student of politics and economics and, and religion, uh, I, I follow the news, I follow current affairs quite a bit, and it really is very, very, very easy to get down whenever, whenever you go and read the news. But I think what gives me a lot of purpose is realizing that a lot of the, I'd, I'd say most, if not all, of the conflict we see in the world is a result of, it's just a reflection of human nature and mm-hmm. where human society is right now, where the human consciousness is. Yeah. And, and I really believe that as we begin to develop our own consciousness and develop you know, our own spiritual fire and that spiritual strength, we are actually providing a service to the world because as we, as we transform ourselves, we transform our families, our communities, our workplaces, and we create ripples that can go all throughout the world, wherever we are. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree, and I, I think we, we often wonder, you know, one person alone, you know, what kind of a difference can we make? But you've, right. so you've said it quite well. We make a huge difference, right? and, and we can realize that. And we can stay positive knowing that we can be an actor of change, huh. and we're not powerless. We're not powerless, and that actually is a, probably a good jumping-off point. We already through our first segment, believe it or not, we need to take a short break. But please stay with us. We're speaking with a wonderful um, young man, Joseph Angelus, and we're talking about um, living a spiritual life in a material world. And we've been bouncing around that topic a bit. We'll kind of hone in on it a bit more in our next segment. So please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. 
Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thanks, everyone, for staying with us. Um, We are Terry Kennedy and Tom Schumacher of The Open Door, and we're um, blessed to have Joseph Angelus with us here today to discuss uh, living a spiritual life in a material world. And I should also point out that we are broadcasting today before a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, we are. Joseph, during the break, we had uh, talked about you know, where we might take this topic. Sure. And the place I'd like to go with it, at least to start out with, is what does a daily spiritual practice look like? If you wouldn't mind maybe detailing a bit of yours and letting our listeners kind of know what it's like? What do you do in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, whatever? What is it? What's this life of yours look like? Sure. Well, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say I have the, uh, the most disciplined, perfect spiritual life. Oh no! At this point, but I know I know you're not implying that. Um, if we were to talk about the ideal, what what I try to get to, I think what most people try to get to, um, it's really a, a place where um, I, I see your your spiritual practice and and you know the, your what you get from it almost is, you know, it's, it's food for your soul. It's food mm-hmm. for your spirit. And if you go without it for in a, you know, a large period of time, you begin to see the symptoms of that deficiency in your life, you know, whether it's a lack of peace, whether it's, um, you know, a lack of control of your emotions or um, things not working well in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really see a lot of parallels between your, your spiritual life and maybe um, your, your, your physical health if you were um, an athlete. I'm a big fan of, of all sorts of sports. You know, mm-hmm. I follow sports and I like to practice sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you see with athletes is you have to be extremely disciplined, extremely regimented yep. if you're going to become the best, if you want to achieve your goals. And I don't think it's any different with, with um, you know, your, your spiritual practice. Do you ever think about um, the spiritual life that your, the masters may have lived? I do. I do. <laughs> I think it. I do often. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, I, like what would what was Jesus doing when he got up in the morning? Like you were, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, if you would have put it in the, uh, I guess in the, the sports metaphor, I think they'd be the equivalent of the the Olympic athletes of oh, the yeah. spiritual world. Yeah, you know, they'd be up at five in the morning, and, yeah. and when you hear stories, they were. Yeah, you know, they were yeah. praying constantly. They're, mm-hmm. they're meditating. 
um, that they are constantly filling their minds and their interactions with people and their you know practices in the world with that spiritual fire. It, yeah. it was their life. Well, you know, I, it, and they were studying and reading uh, the biblical uh, things that had been written before them, so that they were, right. yeah. Well, you know, it's been said, you know, we, we've read in the teachings before that um, even Jesus coming into this embodiment still had a little bit of karma to balance. You know, I mean, we don't think about what we're here to do. You know, I mean, we're here to ascend ultimately, but I think that balancing our karma is the pathway to that goal. And that all these great teachers, they walked where we walk. They they know right. what we face. I mean, this, they're, they're not aloof and above us in that regard at all. They Travel the same path. That's why I was sort of alluding to yeah. what the daily practice looks like. And by the way, you don't have to worry about whether yours is perfect. We're still working on it, are we, Terry? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so, yeah. But the, the point I want to make is that a spiritual practice doesn't necessarily look like somebody walking down the street, you know, with sa- ashes and sackcloth and, right. and you know doing anything Absolutely. like that. It can be very private, but yet very constant right so if you want to you know say a little bit more perhaps about what you do maybe do during the day yeah absolutely well what what i try to do is i like to begin my my life with you know spirit with god you know whatever god the con the the concept of god is to you know an individual person um i find that when i do that it sets the tone for the day it puts me at peace because i see the big picture and i'm not worried about the little details yeah um it also (laughs) helps me kind of align myself with that inner peace within myself um where suddenly things become easier i can't really explain it all the time um but you you know it works i do i do i mean the you know your, your work is easier working with people is easier um the times when i've been very consistent and you know very you know very constant in my practice um you know decreeing in the morning you know meditating that night um, and doing it every day for a considerable amount of time, there are times where you, you really start to walk around with almost this kind of euphoria for, for living <laughs> where, we, where everything is beautiful and every, every person you meet is beautiful. And it's, it's just an incredible feeling. And that's what I try to get to and sustain when I'm at my best. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> you know, I have, I have a question that's it's a little bit of a sidebar, but sure. what did you do as a teenager? You know, a lot of, a lot of people that, are, that have been raised in these, in these uh, teachings, or any teachings, uh, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. if, you, if you were raised to, to go to church like I was when I was a young boy, you know, mm-hmm. um, what do you do as a teenager? And what did you specifically do as a teenager? Did you kind of go out of phase for a while and then come back into phase with uh, the things that maybe you were taught when you were young? Just to kind of find out what's the world like? What's going on? What, what do I have? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if so, what kind of victories did you have as a result of that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the, the teenage years are definitely a point where you're deciding what is right for you, mm-hmm. what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I definitely, I don't think I ever you know, went through a, a major period of rebellion, so to speak, against, against the, the religion I was brought in and the mm-hmm. teachings. It was, it was really a period of exploration, I think, Towards my later teen years is when mm-hmm. I really started to accept it for myself, and it was really just based on a lot of reading, um, and yeah, and really starting to nail down my spiritual practice as well. I really think that you know I found in my life when there are things I'm trying to overcome, you know, in my personality or, or things I don't have control over, my emotions, things like that. Um, change is difficult. Uh-huh. You know, changing yourself is very difficult, oh, yeah. and I find that spiritual practice is almost almost always that secret ingredient that lets me make progress well it's a great way 
To put it, did you have a support group when you were growing up? Um, I had a really strong, really strong family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I come from a really large family, um, mm-hmm. several kids and both my parents, um, and then a, a good spiritual community within this church too. Um, I, I really believe the, you know, it's incredibly important to surround yourself with people who support you and support your, what you practice. Agreed. Um, I mean, in, you know, Buddha talks about the concept of the Sangha, the community. Yes. And I, I think if, if you're not surrounding yourself with people who are supporting you and who are instead tearing you down, it's very difficult to make progress and live life the way you want. Well, I would totally agree with that. And, you know, how does it feel to be a target? You know, most media right now are targeting your age group. I mean, they want your dollars. They want your mind and your soul. And we're constantly being bombarded by stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, for Terry and I probably we don't even maybe notice it as much. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to make a big point about being old fogies here, Terry. I'm speaking more <laughs> to the fact that most of the industries that are driven by um, profit, media, entertainment, education, sports, et cetera, really have you in their crosshairs. Mm-hmm. We're kind of outside of that. We don't have to feel the pressure of that constantly you know, bombarding us, but you do. How do you deal with that? Um, you know, I think... Turn off of, the TV. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I think the way... One of the things I was alluding to before is that we're not even aware sometimes of the environment around us because it's what we've known forever. Mm-hmm. And I th- again, I think my generation, we're just used to the constant information and we tend to filter out what we don't need because <laughs> we're, we're used to being hit by everything. Um, I, I think for, for us and for anybody at any age, I think it's just very important to know what you want in life. And if you know what you want in life, you can hone in on that, you can focus on that, and you can, you can try to eliminate the other things that are pulling away your energy and your focus. So I, I think that's, that's huge. Um, it's true. Distractions are are everywhere, uh-huh. and they're, they're everywhere. Somebody's seeking to gain your attention or or your money, and um, I think a lot of it is simply knowing what you want and then establishing a practice in your life that's going to set you up to get there. Well, I think you you just nailed it. It's the old saying: if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. Right. Exactly. If you don't know where you're going, if you don't have a target or goal, how are you going to get there? You mm-hmm. know, you're mm-hmm. going to be scattered. You're going to. Uh, you're going to go here and there and all over the place like a pinball machine. So, I mean, I, I applaud you and anyone, frankly, for surviving the minefield that are the teen years in particular. I can remember very clearly still, you know, it's been many, many years that the, the peer pressure that I felt to conform, to not be different. Hmm. And many people in the teachings, to be quite frank, are somewhat different. You know, um, we don't necessarily are not cut from the same cloth as many people. And I don't mean to separate us and set us apart by saying that, but I think that our inclination, the soul hunger that we feel, is more clear to us, more evident. We're more conscious of it so that we pursue it more actively. But I think the people who see you and see your group would want, as we said in the first segment, they'd want to go, I want something about that that really appeals to me. I want to know more about it. So I'd like to go back to that point, if you don't mind, because when Terry brought it up, when you are in the process of questioning, were you able to understand the context within which the questioning was happening? I mean, did you see it as your soul's journey? I mean, did you have a sense, a bigger sense of kind of where you were going and what the path really looked like? Or did it just kind of? Um, I think there are, there are a couple things. I mean, one is um, definitely a sense that you're, I guess you could say that you're going somewhere mm-hmm. or that you have something you, you want to accomplish in your life. Um, I think... When you say that you know some people that are pursuing a spiritual path are different in terms of like how they feel, I think oftentimes it, it's it's simply just the realistic fact that um, they're not fulfilled by most of what the world is offering them, mm-hmm. 
And I think we're seeing a lot of that in the world. And I think it's not as uncommon as we may, we may think it is. Um, I was reading an article the other day about, you know, the NFL. I'm, I, again, I follow <laughs> sports a lot. Um, there was um, just a couple, a couple months ago or last year sometime, there was an NFL athlete or NFL yeah, football player. Mm-hmm. He had um, gone through a series of concussions and had some brain damage and um, ended up killing his, his uh, I guess, his fiance or his, his oh. girlfriend and kill, killed himself as well. Oh, and yeah, Junior the, Seau. Uh, it, it was another guy. There, another there's guy. been a whole bunch of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but they're, we will go there. <laughs> they're, they're really jumping into an examination of, of football and are they protecting players from concussions. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's, that's a side note. Um, one of the things I noted from the story was they, they talked about this NFL player. Um, he, they, they, were t- they were saying that in the NFL, these are the, the top athletes in their sport. Right. And yet there's a serious sense of, of feeling of emptiness and unfulfillment uh-huh. even at the highest levels of the mm-hmm. sport. And it's prevalent and people are, are looking for something and, and they're looking for it through their sport, but they can't find it. That's just one example. But I think that there it's are a great quite example. a few of, um, I, I think it's very common that people are not being fulfilled by what the world is offering them right now. Well, I think you um, see it in entertainment as well. I mean, a lot of people, you look at the shows that are popular, you know, American Idol, uh, things where people are vying to have this moment in the sun. Right. Is it ultimately going to be satisfying to them? Are they going to find at the end of that rainbow what they're really looking for? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're packing the stadiums and they've got the bus and they're on tour and they've got top records. They're selling albums and whatever, but yeah. it's empty city out there in they their come soul. Back, they come back to their lives every morning. Right. Well, uh, it's time again for a break. Amazing how fast it's going. Isn't it? Um, but please do stay with us. We're um, The Open Door and we're with Joseph Angelus talking about living a spiritual life in the material world. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. 
Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. We're very happy that you're here. Before the break, we were um, homing in on a question, and that question is, do we really want what the world has to offer? What do you think about that? (laughs) Yeah, it's a big question. Uh, I think, um, you know, everybody in the world is in a different place in terms of, you know, is what the world offering them sufficient for for making them happy mm-hmm. some people it, it is and some people it's not um it's no secret that the, the emphasis of our culture really is um you know the accumulation of wealth possessions oh, power yeah. i mean it's, it's it's no secret at all mm-hmm. and i think if you look at the the individuals and the role models that are glorified in our society it tends to reflect that you know it's mm-hmm. politicians it's the the billionaires it's uh, the athletes um but you know again a lot of these people have things that are not fulfilling them. And when you, you see high amounts of drug use, you see uh-huh. high amounts of adultery and families that fall apart. And a lot of these, uh, where, you know, where a lot of these individuals are and, you know, at, at the common person's level, uh, I think, again, there's a lot of, there's just a hunger for something different. There's yeah. really a hunger. And I, I think we could probably put our finger on just what it is that they're looking for. Cause we're looking for the same thing. Right. You know, that we ultimately put on the immortality of our soul and make our ascensions. And as lofty as those goals sound, it's really the reason why we're here. It's the reason why we do things. Um, you were talking earlier about you know, the, the day-to-day life, you know, the spiritual life, and we all live it here. And one of the things that we know is that every day we get a little present. In the morning, we're visited with a little bit of our karma to balance. And a lot of times we look at our tests and we look at our lives and we're kind of dissatisfied because they're hard. Or something happens, there's an accident or, or something that seems negative. But one of the rules of thumb, if you will, that um, on this spiritual path that I think really serves all of us well is gratitude. Mm-hmm. That if we For can sure. look at what happens as the returning karma, it's an opportunity to balance it, which is a very good thing, and we welcome those opportunities, then we can say with a wholehearted good cheer is thank you, God, for giving me this opportunity to deal with this in- incident or issue or test right now. Right. I, you know, so... I guess the point is that living a spiritual life in a material world doesn't mean that we somehow transcend or, or overlook the tests that we're going to get every Absolutely day. Absolutely not. Yeah, um, so. yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of it is perspective. And I think, you know, again, going back to the, you know, the, the famous spiritual <laughs> teachers, you know, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius. Yeah. yeah, a lot of these big guys. <laughs> um, they, they were really trying to put forward a template for how we can, you know, achieve mm-hmm. peace and how we can reach another level. And, um, you know, Jesus, 
what, what was very, very clear in, in telling people that we could do what he did. Um, you know, John fourteen twelve. he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Mm-hmm. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. Yeah. And Buddha said the same, virtually the same thing um, in, in different words. He said, there have been many Buddhas before me and will be many Buddhas in the future. All living beings have the Buddha nature and can become Buddhas. So they were very, very, very clear that we can achieve the same level of mastery of our consciousness and, and of, of our spirituality as, as, as they did. Yeah. And I think religions and, and our culture in general have pulled us more towards you know the, the perspective of idolatry, looking at what they are and worshiping them like we worship you know, <laughs> LeBron James and Barack Obama and sure. you know, you know the, 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 the cultural figures of our age today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, there's another part of this too. And that is that sometimes we think of spiritual practice as being very arcane, very difficult to do, very challenging. And in fact, the Ascended Master teachings, as espoused by Buddha and Jesus and the others, are quite practical. Right. So when we talk about applying them in a daily milieu, you know, whatever, it's really true. We can. These are, these are practical um, tools. Right. And right. I assume that you probably use some of these tools. I know we, we try to use these tools. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not difficult to do. We, no. are, we always tell people... Try it out. You know, do a violet flame, five minutes, ten minutes. See what happens. Be your own judge. Yeah, and if you do some of those violet flame decrees in the morning, if you, do a, if you have a 15-minute ritual, ritual, for instance, yeah. then that package of karma that's, that was sitting on your front doorstep in the morning gets minimized. You know, yeah. it get, you, you begin to work at it before it, it hits you, before the course of the day unfolds. You know, one of the things that I remember a couple of experiences of doing the practice out in the world I was on an airplane, and I was doing Archangel Michael protection decrees because I always do those when I travel. And I'm, I'm leaning into my hand. I have my hand over my ear, and I happen to be leaning into the hand that has my watch band on it. And I'm doing these, you know, mouthing the Michaels. And this little boy leans over, and then he comes down to me, so two rows up, and he goes, Are you an air marshal? Because <laughs> he, he saw me talking to my watch, and he thought, oh. I'm, I'm talking to ground control. <laughs> please, please, son, sit down. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I said no, but I am talking to the to their to their boss. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. funny. Yeah, that's anyways. True. Well, I, I think one of the points you guys make that's it's actually a key point is that spiritual practice is not something that's complicated or difficult. It just requires some consistency. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you're not going to you know to MIT to study to be <laughs> an electrical engineer or you know a, you know whatever. It's not complicated, really. Just it's, it's sitting down, taking that time with God, a couple minutes a day. You know, either decreeing, praying, meditating, whatever it is that helps you connect to God. Yeah. And that is what's going to put you on the road to becoming uh, the same types of masters that Jesus and Buddha were. You know, in your field, monetary policy, um, you probably see the underside of some stuff that we don't typically see or know. And does that cause you at times to be even more concerned, perhaps, than the normal average citizen would be with what's kind of going on right now? Ah, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, to be honest, I, I guess I look at things a lot in the big picture, and I think a lot of the same issues and problems that we're facing today in you know, our country, our economy, our, our government, they're, they're no different than what we've faced <laughs> you know, for hundreds and thousands of years. Um, what, we, what we need to see is the evolution of human nature, more, more so than evolution of, of, of government systems and economic systems, because the outcomes of what we see in the world around us are going to reflect how people are inside. And, and you know, again, I think Jesus and Buddha were trying to, and all these other masters were trying to teach us how to get there. And they didn't just say we could get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you can look through examples of the Bible and sure. the different Buddhist manuscripts where other people did as well. You know, Jesus' apostles, they healed the sick, they raised the dead. 
they did all sorts of things. And again, we don't we don't focus on it enough. And I think it's really easy for us sometimes to look at these older spiritual traditions because they're all you know two thousand years old or, or older. And kind of when we talk about them in church and we read about them, it's almost like watching a Hollywood movie, right? <laughs> Got a bunch of these guys walking around with you know glowing their glowing auras and followed by angels and oh, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. But if they were alive today, what would they look like? You know. I often think about this as a way of making spirituality more real. Mm-hmm. You know, if Jesus was alive today, um, he'd probably walk around in slacks or jeans, maybe a collared shirt. He'd be wearing the you know the the, the dress of the common man. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he probably wouldn't have been riding a donkey. He <laughs> might have been riding in in a Honda Civic or you know a <laughs> Ford Ranger or something. You know, and it's uh, right. it, it's funny to think about, but when you think about it, and it, it can become more real when you realize that these were individual. You know, men and women like us walking around today, yeah. and they were working miracles. They were healing people. They were walking on water. They were doing all sorts of things. And when Jesus left, they continued to do so. And that's the fact that's been glossed over a lot in, in the Western world that I think is beginning to come alive again today. Oh, I, you know, Joseph, I think that's really a great point is that the saints and sages live among us. And they wouldn't necessarily stand out unless they chose to. Right. Otherwise, they would probably be right there in the in the rank and file. Right. And it's probably a good thing to re- remember that you may be talking to a saint or an angel and not even know it. Mm-hmm. You know, that in the day-to-day world, we talk a lot here on this show and in the teachings about seeing the Christ in others and being the Christ in ourselves. This, this is a great example and reminder that, yes, we do have the wherewithal to perceive the higher reality in people and also in ourselves and act from that place. Right. And right. boy, you know, I mean, imagine if just a hundred people were to do that in any given city. I mean, it would transform the world. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, what, you had one, one Jesus, you had one Buddha, you had one Muhammad, and these people changed millions, if not billions of people for centuries and centuries and centuries. Oh, yeah. If you had a hundred of these people today, I mean, it would, uh, I believe it would transform most of the world problems we have today. Yeah, I agree. I think we, we have a saying, one plus God is a majority. And yeah. It's a good yeah. reminder, you know, we are powerful. You know, uh, we're we're coming up in a couple of minutes on a break, but um, I, I want to kind of maybe, and maybe we can cover it next in our next segment, but I want to talk a little bit about how how can people withdraw from the world to, uh, I, I want to use the word retreat. Uh, we have some university retreats, uh, of course, years ago. We had 12, 12 weeks uh, of Summit University yeah. or Ascended Master University mm-hmm. where I attended. And I literally unplugged from the world for a long enough period of time to be able to actually transform. You got some momentum going in a different direction. You did. Yeah. You did. And uh, maybe we can touch on what you think some of the, some of the things that the young people and the youth can do to, to pull themselves out for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we can, yeah. And you're not talking about Xbox. No. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, become become more of who you're intended to be. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, a, a lot of it is, is really, like, our, our life is lived in our, our head, right? Mm-hmm. If you can kind of unplug, like you are saying, from, from the world, you don't have to, I don't, I don't believe you have to go to India, do a spiritual retreat, a meditation retreat, and, and come back in order to have an experience um, with God. I think you can do that in your bedroom, you can do it in your living room, you can do it in the car or in the subway, um, mm-hmm. wherever. Um, but I do think it's important that you have that time. Yeah. Uh, I think that was you know, the original intention of the Sabbath, where you set aside one day where you didn't work and you devoted to God. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there, there are a lot of different ways that people can find, find God in their daily life. 
Um, as you mentioned, you know, there are, there are retreats you can go to. Um, mm-hmm. We have some at university here where you can go to study the teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, taking, uh, I'm a big fan of, of taking some time with, with a book, you know, whether it, it's something um, written by the Dalai Lama or Paramahansa Yogananda or sure. um, people who I see as role models. Um, when, when you sit down with that book with them, you're, you're having a conversation with them right there in your living room, and they're helping impart to you um, lessons that are helping you alive. Right, right. And Good. Yes, indeed, good. Yeah. Well, when we come back um, for our final segment, um, we will share a little bit of good news with you and uh, a couple of um, very uh, interesting uh, bumper stickers. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love think I, you'll stickers. appreciate these. I love them. And um, we'll talk a little bit, too, about the um, youth movement within this organization and how people, particularly the young, can hook up with um, a couple of organizations within our greater organization that I think you might find very valuable. So please stay with us. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On the open door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you ascended master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You 
are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for staying with us. Um, At the break... Um, I did mention that we had a little bit of good news, and now maybe not everybody will consider this good news, but I thought it was kind of interesting that for the first time in 17 years, the Chinese government is allowing pictures of the Dalai Lama to be displayed in Tibetan monasteries, and they're um, contemplating expanding this to other areas of Tibet as well. So there might be a change they are beginning to see in the policy here of the Chinese and the Tibetans. And I think this is a a harbinger of good Good things oh, to that's come. Wonderful. Um, when we were um, talking in the last segment, one of the things that uh, you, Joseph, had mentioned was why are people, why were people uh, in the eras of Buddha and Jesus and the other ascended masters that we know about so passionate, so on fire with the truth that they were being given and, and the teachings that they were led to understand? You want to expand on that a little bit? This whole idea of passion? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's. It's funny when we look at, you know, our conception of, or, you know, the mainstream conception of religion today, you know, it's, you know, you go to church on Sundays, maybe on Wednesdays, a couple times a week, mm-hmm. and it gives you a moral code to live by. Um, but for the most part, we really just, you know, we live our lives and, and do what we do. Um, Jesus' apostles, his disciples, um, both when he was alive and after he was gone, and you probably say the same about the monks and the, the students of, of Buddha, mm-hmm. these people. People, they didn't just have a moral code. They didn't just go to church on you know, Sundays and a couple times a week. These people had an all-consuming passion uh, to embody the teachings that were given to them. Yep. And this changed their lives and caused them to dedicate their lives to bringing those same teachings to others. And um, there, there are numerous stories, and you can, uh, you can go to different parts of the world to see these, but there are hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of people were going off into the mountains to, to meditate on their own. Um, in India and China, oh, yeah. um, there there are mountain sides and cliff sides with with caves, um, just lot, you know dotting the the side like <laughs> like, like a condo. But these were these are places where where ascetics were going to meditate oh, for yeah. for hours and days and weeks. And this isn't purely an Eastern phenomenon. I was reading something recently where um, they were they went to this uh, this monastery this monastery in in Kiev in Ukraine of all places where we're seeing a lot of the current conflict. Some news and, there, yeah. There were some catacombs underneath uh, the river there, where it was it was pretty much the exact same format, except these were Christian monks and Christian ascetics, and they were oh spending my. days and weeks down there in these these little rooms with you know, no sun, um, and they w- they often would seal themselves in there and have these little windows, almost like a like a jail cell, where they w- where they oh. could take you know food and water, <laughs> but they would stay in there for for weeks and weeks and just meditate and stay in contemplative prayer and talk to God, and um, it when you think about why people would do this, um, it, it it's either pure insanity, or it's <laughs> or they found something and were showed something that completely changed the way they saw the world and completely changed their priorities for what they wanted to live for. Well, you know, you mentioned um, before the show uh, we we're kind of going over some of the subject matter about distractions. Mm-hmm. You know that that would seem to me to be a way as as. You, Terry, alluded to earlier today, being unplugged. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the value of that, of having more signal and less noise, right. is probably a really good thing. Right. And we often call that the signal-to-noise ratio. And in the world today, <laughs> there's a lot of noise. 
Right, and right. It's Definitely really hard to follow the signal. You need time to 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 find find a way away from those distractions. You know, Jesus spent forty days and nights in the desert. Yeah. Um, you know, Buddha went alone to meditate until he found enlightenment. When he finally achieved enlightenment, he sat under a tree and said, I will not leave until I have found what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then he left when he did. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's no wonder that all these people were doing it in the past. And we don't see it a lot of that, a lot of that today, I, I think, really because we're, we're not being taught the same things. We're not being taught that we have the same power and that we can achieve the same, you know, the same potential that they, that they did. And the reason why people were passionate and did this in, in you know, centuries past was because they had the vision for what, we, for what we can be and who we are. Indeed. Well, on that subject of having that vision, um, and I th- think this is directed you know, to both the young people who may be listening today and to the parents and even grandparents of young people uh, for, for whom they might wish to you know, share this. Um, there are organizations in almost any religious movement, and ours is no exception, that focus on the young. And in this case, you know, we have what's called the Knights and Ladies of the Flame. Right. And uh, I think you are a member, or have been a member. Is mm-hmm. that correct? That's right. You want to say a little bit about what that is like in terms of the community of, of spiritually minded people sharing a common goal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to put it simply, it really is just a, it, it's a community of friends. It's a mm-hmm. community of friendship. It's a spiritual community of young people, young adults in their, you know, the 20s and 30s who are seeking to achieve their Christhood, um, you know, in, in as soon as possible, you know, in his life or the next, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. But we recognize that we have the potential to become something greater than what the world tells us we can. Uh-huh. And what this, this community is meant to support us in doing that. So we have online prayer vigils. Um, we, we have, um, we have spiritual retreats that we hold a couple times a year, not just here in the U.S., but in multiple countries. We've had them in Colombia and Brazil and mm-hmm. in Russia. Um, and with the ultimate goal really really being to provide that community of, of like-minded souls who can support you on your path, who can relate with you um, for the, the difficulties and challenges you face you know, as, as, a, as a, a young person in this world, mm-hmm. and really just helping us all get there. So Yeah, no, anybody who wants to know more about that can find out information at tsl.org. Is there a special link that you've used in the past that you can share with us or just basically put Knights and Ladies of the Flame in the search bar and you'll get there, right? I, I believe so. I haven't yeah. been to the, the website recently, but we, we also uh, communicate via Facebook. Sure. We, have a, we have a page there where uh, we always have new people joining, and that's a, a good place to be informed of uh, upcoming retreats. Do you know what offhand? Can vigils. you share it with us? Um, I, I would just go to Facebook and search for Knights and Ladies of the Flame. Good. Okay. Yeah. So, if, yeah, everybody, if you're listening, write that down. Go to Facebook and look for Knights and Ladies of the Flame, and you'll find the Facebook page for quite a large, vibrant community of young people. Right. All over the world. All over the world. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's just wonderful. It is wonderful. And um, i got to share this. You'll forgive me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that every, every week I'm always looking for reasons to laugh because that's kind of my antidote for some of the stuff that the world kind of throws at us. And I came across a couple of things here that I just thought I would share. Um, these were bumper stickers. And uh, these come from all over the United States. So if you're listening from elsewhere in the world, these may not exactly translate, but I hope that some of them will. Uh, one of them is, um, I used to be indecisive. Now I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, the other was, my reality check just bounced. <laughs> um, what if there were no hypothetical questions? <laughs> I, just, I know I love that. I used to have a handle on life, but it broke. <laughs> and then, what was, there's this one of the here. Um, I've taken a vow of poverty. 
to test me, please send money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just um, it's it's uh, laughter is great medicine, and I think that even though we don't actually have it listed as one of the main primary tools of the Ascent of Masters, <laughs> we have a master named Funway. We've even done a show about this beloved master, Funway. And we also talk about the twinkle of mirth. And if anything that you face in your world, in a material world particularly, where there's a lot of stuff coming at you, the distractions, this uh, occasional sense of overwhelm, there are antidotes to this. And prayer, you know, decrees as we do them, um, just even just being grateful in your heart, if not verbally, and laughing. You know, just finding reasons to kind of laugh. Because uh, the devil does not like to be mocked, no. you know. And uh, if we can somehow find it in our souls, in our hearts, to laugh and to be joyful, joy is the engine that runs the soul. I think, and um, the masters have spoken many, many times about joy as being one of the keys to uh, getting where we want to go. <coughs> so, anyway, on that note, um, I think we just kind of scratched the surface. Frankly, um, is there anything you'd like to add, Joseph, before we we close today's show? Well, we covered a lot of ground today. I, <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> I think the, I guess, the closing point I would make is is really kind of honing in on something I mentioned earlier, and realizing that you know, however many difficulties we face in the world, um, however much negativity we we encounter, um, just remembering and being inspired and realizing that our individual spiritual path can transform us and it can also be a service to the world. Yeah. And and I really believe in the same way that you know one vote counts in an election, and you should vote. Um, you know, to have an impact on your country, uh, I think one, one spiritual path has an enormous impact on this world. And I really believe that the kind of tr- positive transma- transformations that we are seeing, um, you know, kind of beneath the surface, not being covered by the mainstream in terms of people, people's spiritual awakening, yeah. um, they're really picking up speed around the world right now. And I, I believe we're on something on the way to something greater for this earth. Well, I think that's a great note to close the program on. It yeah, is. We have just seen another hour vanish, haven't yeah, we, Terry? I know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for listening in today. Uh, we're very grateful for Joseph Angelus for joining us, talking about the uh, spiritual life in a material world, and I suspect we'll be coming back to this topic uh, numerous times because it's a vast, vast subject area. And, Terry? Well, <laughs> we appreciate those of you out there listening, you know, and if you got any questions, any any comments or concerns or whatever, just get in touch with us, tsl.org. Actually, web radio. Web radio yeah, at tsl.org. tsl.org. That's our dedicated email inbox, and you'll get one of us answering you, we promise. And also, if you like to say, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. 